Hello listeners and welcome to today's episode of Blind Insights. This will be our first episode recording via Riverside FM, so let us know if you think it sounds any different. We're always looking for ways where we can record more easily and get you better product and make Tim's life easier as the guy that has to make everything work. So, to today's episode. About every 10 years, a bunch of books come out that help make it easier to understand how to be healthy. Ten years ago, the bundle of books included Wheat Belly, The Queen of Fats, and Why We Get Fat. This time round, it's Glucose Revolution, Drop Acid, Super Gut, and... Nature Wants Us to Be Fat. And Nature Wants Us to Be Fat. So today, these books include Glucose Revolution, Why Nature Wants Us to Be Fat, Super Gut and drop acid. So today, we're going to talk about what we've learned from this new bundle of you know, how to be healthy books, and hope you can get something useful out of it too. The ultimate hidden truth of the world is that it is something that we make and could just as easily make differently. David Graeber, 1961 to 2020. Welcome to Blind Insights, a podcast we call A Haphazard Guide to Living. Hosted by philosophy master David Olney and myself, a philosophy student, Tim Whiffen. I'm joined by David Olney. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for organising the technology and for sitting there and being all orderly and knowing what buttons to press. <laughs> well, it's a discovery for me, so I'm hoping it turns out all right. But I'm joined with um, a pink coffee. I Jade has taught me how to brew at home now. Uh, she is a barista, and we have a coffee machine, manual espresso machine, and uh, I'm using a pink cup, and so it does feel like we're in the studio to some extent. I'm going to have to get a pink <laughs> cup for home so that when I use the percolator, I can put the contents of the percolator in a pink cup. Okay, it's got to be our mission. One day when we're in the studio, we have to have to go pink cup hunting. Yeah, 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 that sounds great. Uh, I'm I'm not usually a big drinker of coffee, but I've been getting into it. And the reason is, uh, after reading Drop Acid, uh, I've learned that um, especially just black coffee, which is what I'm drinking, Mm. uh, because I'm a sadist, um, is a a multivitamin. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, literally just a bunch of vitamins in a cup. Yep, um, and especially weirdly enough, and I don't know, you know how problematic this is. I don't think it is, but who knows? Um, if it, it, it's um, even has even more benefits uh, in in males. Yep, in from the, the little yeah. bit I've read about coffee. Yep, basically depending on where it grew, you get different minerals. But again, as long as you only mm. have one coffee a day. The upper is not really a problem, and everything else is quite good for you. Yep. I make sure to have... I actually have decaf if it's after 2 p.m. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... I've Jade hates that, of course, but... <laughs> That's okay. This is why I have coffee in the morning, or I pine and go, I want another one, but it's after 2. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've picked up this taste for coffee because I've been on a bit of a health kick. The, these books have inspired me and i'm not sure whether i've become like that paleo person that just can't stop talking about the benefits of eating like our ancestors that's that's how kind of much i've onboarded these what i've decided are pop health books yeah the big thing to me from having been through the books in say 2010 2011 the last generation that i mentioned is 
initially you want to try and do everything as cleanly and as well as you can and be 100% healthy, but then you realize you live in the world of fast food, the modern world, and hanging out with friends and family. And the sooner you can kind of bring the word, this is all about mitigating the worst of the modern world. It's not Mm. about being perfect and holding yourself to an impossible standard. It's about mitigating the worst. So, for example, from Glucose Revolution, the idea of starting your eating day, you know, eating protein or uh, fats or fiber, you know, the right kind of fats or fiber, Mm. but not carbs. Well, that's so easy to do almost anywhere. You know, Mm -hmm. if you go to a restaurant and they bring you a piece of bread out first, leave it for sopping up the sauce from your meal after. Don't eat the complex carbs. Yeah. Leave the chips to last. And again, it's a weird thing, even as a little kid, because chips were often the the thing. I was like, oh, wow, I've got chips. (laughs) And somehow I learned, leave them to last. So without meaning to, you know, if there was Brussels sprouts on the plate, well, I ate them first. So that that got rid of the fibery thing. But I'd also, without meaning to, eaten things in the order that helps your body deal with carbs more easily. Hmm. So which book would you yeah. like to start with of all the ones we've read in the last couple of months? So, uh, Dr. Perimutter's uh, Drop Acid was probably the one that I have actioned the most. So mm. I, I feel like that's the one that is maybe is a better one to finish on. Um, I, I read it in the order of Nature Wants Us to Be Fat First. Yep. Um, but I feel like the Drop Acid one went a little deeper into... In, in, yeah, it's weird because it was less scientific, but also I felt I understood the process better. <laughs> yeah, like Drop Acid is a great book to read last because out of all the mm. others, you will learn enough science to keep having penny drop moments before he tells you what you need to know. You start yeah. realizing you've learned enough science to make sense out of his book. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that it by itself is uh, enough almost. No. Yeah. So, like, I started with Why Nature Wants Us to Be Fat simply because it was the first one that came out and popped up on Audible. And I found yeah. it useful and interesting, and particularly the argument, and this is the core of the book, listeners, that really, uh, in ancient times, if we were eating lots of complex carbs or lots of fructose, it was because it was the couple of months a year where all the fruits were in season and the grains were on the grasses like wheat, and we pigged out. And we pigged out, and our bodies used the hints, the clues, the triggers of complex carbs to go, get fat now, because winter is coming. And that worked fine where you only pigged out for a couple of months and put on weight that over winter all went away. And then you started the cycle all over again. So, you know, fructose and complex carbs are the most amazing trigger for the body to say, store this, winter is coming. And whether you look at that as mm. an itty-bitty little squirrel in a Wither Brothers cartoon, or whether you look at it from the Game of Thrones perspective, doesn't really matter. I think the the best part of this is, unlike something like paleo, this is still observable. Yeah. We can look at bears, for instance, yep. before they go into hibernation, eat copious amounts of fruit. Yeah. Uh, and now, I, some listeners may have 
already been triggered by by David saying fructose earlier. Now, now fruit, I think, in the media gets a bad rap because of the main sugar part of fruit being uh, what is deemed the worst sugar. Mm. Um, now, there's nothing uh, like inherently wrong with um, whole fruits. No, because there's still uh, fiber attached to the sugars, which slows yeah. the process. But to pick out on fruit every day is to tell your body every day, winter is coming, store energy. Yeah. Now, as long as and you that's know exactly that's what, what you're do. doing. I, mm. I, listeners, the, the most striking bit of the book for me was where the author makes the point, look at kids... Uh, with ADHD, they can't pay mm. attention. They're zipping round. Well, what the little mammals like squirrels do in the weeks before they hibernate? They run around hysterically, looking for every calorie they can get, take huge risks, and do really dumb shit <laughs> to get more calories. Yeah. And what often do teenage males with ADHD do? Same stuff. <laughs> Because they're having exactly the same dietary response. They're eating a complex carb, fructose-rich diet every day, which is telling Mm. very old parts of their brain, store energy now before winter comes and kills you. And you're going to get sick of hearing me make comments about winter this episode, but it's the best way to understand this stuff. Fruit's awesome in small quantities. Veggies are better in big quantities. Why? Because there's so much less fructose. Mm. It's really simple. And, and this system isn't, you know, something that we should be, you know, trying to get rid of. It's actually extremely important that we have the ability to store energy and fat. Mm. Like, like the fact it's, that it's we have the polyol pathway, <laughs> you know, that the polyol yeah. pathway can take, you know, food we eat and make our own fructose to make us store more energy as fat. Yeah. So it's not just that when we eat it, you know, that we eat fructose or complex carbs, that we store energy, you know, for hibernation, winter, hard times. We can turn on our own system, the polyol pathway. And, you know, spoiler alert for all the beer lovers out there, one of the worst things in the world for turning on the polyol pathway and making the body do terrible things with fructose and with uric acid is beer. Yeah. So all you beer lovers out there... Love beer occasionally, <laughs> as a treat. It's um, or you know, just before winter, but yeah. when you want to keep yourself warm, yep. <laughs> so some stouts yep. over the start of autumn is. Like <laughs> well, I haven't had a beer. I don't think for seven weeks, and yeah, I like wow. good. Amazing. I like good beer. Yeah, I think that day yeah. that you and I had a beer at uh, the little pub around the corner the from the historian. historian I had a beer with you that day. I think I had mm-hmm. one when Kim Sorensen was back from Canberra. They're my only two beers mm-hmm. since I read the book. Yep, me too. Mine would be the the beer that I had with yep. you. Yeah. Now it's uh, interesting. So the the polio pathway. So that's like the process by which uh, our body turns glucose, which is the primary sugar that our brain runs on. So it is necessary for our functioning um, into fructose. Um, and so that is an interesting dynamic because, you know, you've seen how many people lose heaps of weight off something like keto where they cut out all sugar. Mm. Um, and that would include things like pasta, which is you know, predominantly glucose. Mm. So there's nothing inherently wrong or, you know, um, it, it kind of fattening about 
glucose. No. It's it's this polyol pathway that's turning your glucose into the bad sugars, yep. or the or the not bad well, sugars. But fructose yeah. is a bad sugar if we put it in context. You know, all mm. of the books we've read make the same point at some point in every book. Dementia yep. is essentially type three diabetes. Yep. And people with dementia have brains full of fructose. Yep. So, totally. You know, if you if you imagine that, you know, when you have that really fluffy white bread and that bottle of Coke and that cake that you've mm. just taken on a heap of fructose and it's got to go somewhere mm. and one of the places it's going to go is straight into your brain and start doing harm to brain cells, which we yeah. really don't want. Bad. Yep. And it's not as simple, unfortunately, as looking on the back of the ingredients and just looking for F for fructose. Because no. it's uh, fructose also makes up a part of uh, sucrose. I think it's 65%. Yep. It's, it's um, a, a little more than half from memory. I don't remember the exact number. But the point is you always need to be aware that complex carbs and quote-unquote sugars, mm. if you are not burning the glucose's fuel... The fructose is probably doing something bad. Yep. Yep. And and that's the easiest way to just remember it to go. You know, if you're going to eat enough pasta or bread to burn as fuel today, fine. But every bit you don't burn, your body's going to extract the fructose out of and stash weight and damage your brain. That's what it does. Mm. Which is... And uh, salt is part of that equation too, right? Yep. Again, the science about the salt... Again, science about salt keeps changing from salt bad to salt good to reasonable amounts of salt okay. <laughs> so I go back to yeah. the Greek thing here of everything in moderation. You know, the fact that the mm. ancient Greeks didn't have a lot of answers, but they worked out, hang on, the healthiest people do everything in a, a bit of moderation. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's some, I guess uh, the, the, the problem with the modern diet is it's not very easy to work out what moderation looks like no. when so many things are already built to an extreme. Yeah, everything is high-density calories and very often yeah. the worst. So you know, a terrible combination of fructose, complex carbs that you can't possibly burn off today, and mm. you know, horrible, highly inflammatory omega-6 seed oils that have been chemically mm. processed so they don't go rancid. But yep. there's a reason we shouldn't eat canola, because if you just squish the grains, it goes rancid. We don't mm. like eating rancid things. But if you <laughs> process them in a big chemical plant, then you can go, mmm, salad dressing full of canola. And all yeah. us coffee drinkers, there's a reason why you want to move to either bond soy if you're into soy milk or mm. to minor figures if you're into oat milk, because most of the alternative milks to have better mouthfeel and to froth are laced with canola oil, which is full mm. of omega-6, yep. which is highly inflammatory. Yep. How much inflammation it's, do you um, want in your day? Yeah, and the increasing sector of oat milk, and I think especially the ones that baristas use, which is usually the alternative milk co, not only is filled with uh, added sugars, but um, is is yeah full of that yep. uh, that seed oil. Yep. It's um, actually oat milk. I think is a lot harder. You'll find that most baristas are using bonsoy. Yep. So if you're buying coffee out, it's not bon too bad for the soy milk. Pretty much always but... a safe option. That's more common. Yeah. but you know, very few places are going to use minor figures 
oat milk, which is yep. said has a little bit of sunflower oil, which is still a seed oil. But the great thing with sunflower, you squish a sunflower seed, it doesn't immediately go rancid. Yeah, yeah. Nice difference. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, grape seed oil, especially, okay, as a vegan, um, a, a lot of the alternative uh, 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 meats are just filled with um, seed oils yep. as well. It must be some part of building the texture yeah. or keeping some of the fibers together in a certain keeping way. Keeping it that moist you have to... and keeping it with a nice overall texture. Because once the seed oils have been chemically altered, they're so stable. Mm. Well, again, the fact that you can build a cookie somewhere on planet Earth, fill it full of seed oil and sugar, and it lasts two years, think about mm. it. <laughs> It's yeah. It's also probably it's also probably cheap. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like corn oil, the ultimate bizarre thing to make, even cheaper. Yeah, it, well, the corn is um, obviously a huge problem in North America, where it predominantly grows, mm. because uh, it's um, the, the 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 real problem they have over there is high fructose corn syrup, yep. and it's literally in the name. Yep. Um, At least they were and, honest, and you'll see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you'll see it, you know, discloses all kinds of different things, and it'll just be HFCS, mm. and like, you know, no one's ever going to make that connection mm. unless they know about it already. Mm. Yeah, but um, the simple thing, if it comes in a bottle, it's bright coloured and it fizzes, don't drink it. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's really pretty yeah. pretty simple. Like, I don't think I've had a glass of Coke for maybe 10 years. Wow. No wonder you look, you know, 10 years younger. I'll take that as a compliment that's... Yeah. See, I can't see me. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well... I, I, I know yeah. it was meant as a compliment, but uh, my, I have to think about that going, hang on, what do other 50-year-olds look like? And then I had to think about, what do I look like? Don't have a clue. <laughs> and neither do the listeners, funnily enough. No, because all so. they've ever seen is the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Just think of the cartoon, <laughs> and, and but more awesome. That's like an ageless kind of sage ah, kind of representation there. Yeah, no so. canola oil in the making of that sage. <laughs> I, the um, the hardest thing I find with those mixes is usually alcohol. Uh, sorry, hardest thing I find with um, uh, uh, soft drink is usually in mixes. Mm. Um, that's 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 really. I mean, you know, we all know that. It's probably the unhealthiest way to consume alcohol is with copious amounts of sugar. Mm. But, um, you know, if you're looking for an alternative to beer, I bet the next thing that people look at is probably a uh, rum and coke. You know, rum mix. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas or, uh, my beer. suggestion to people will be brandy and dry. Because yep. dry ginger's got a lot less sugar. Um, mm. Dry ginger actually has a flavor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's literally dry because it's not ridiculously sugary like ginger beer. So, yep. and against another weird thing, you know, I think at 18 I used to alternate between Campari and soda and brandy and dry. Mm. I was truly weird. And, and and actually, like coffee, the weird thing about alcohol, inversely, is that for women, uh, red wine actually reduces um, your amount of uric acid. So we can get into that a little bit later, mm. but... The um the big thing about alcohol is how much it increases your uric acid, and especially beer. Mm. But it affects um alcohol in men affects 
uh, sorry, alcohol affects men um, more adversely than women. And in and weirdly in in red wine actually um, has inverse, like has um, uh, uh, positive. Mm effects um whereas it's only slightly bad for men so if you're gonna still drink i can i can recommend uh switching to wine if you're if you're that kind of um that kind of person yeah, red wine and basically if you like the taste spirits in small quantities stay away mm. from the beer yeah so mm. that's really we've reduced a very big book to the the basics that i really wish he'd reduced the book by about an hour and a half you know, like we get fat because complex carbs and fructose do strange things, and that mechanism is not going to go away because it's mammalian and ancient and has saved mm. our asses forever. So we yep. have to avoid the things that cause the problem. So from there, I went on to Supergut, which I don't know if you've read. Did you have a chance to listen to that? I, 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 haven't, okay. I haven't. I can sum yeah. it up in two minutes, and that is you know William Davis, who wrote Supergut, very brilliant doctor, wrote Wheat Belly 10 or 11 years ago, one of the first person to realize modern humans you know, have a lot of health problems. He estimates mm. that probably two-thirds of modern Americans you know, have a seriously damaged microbium. So all mm. the bugs in our gut. And he makes the point, you know, you've prepared your garden beautifully and you want cucumbers. And you go out to your garden and go, why isn't there a cucumber? Because you haven't planted one. And that is his mm. argument for rebuilding the microbium. We've all had a gut bug once or twice in our lives. We've all eaten crap food that don't feed gut bugs well. We've all eaten bad oils that inflame our digestive systems. We've all been on antibiotics a couple of times in our lives, which have trashed our gut bugs, meaning we don't have a lot of good gut bugs left. He lists in the book how to pretty much kill the bad gut bugs you've got and then rebuild from scratch in a very complicated way. I just went, that's too damn hard. I haven't got the time or energy while finishing my master's thesis. So Mm. I wrote down the names of every good bug he said we need, went and looked online and discovered here in Australia, you can get a brand called Life Space, broad spectrum probiotic, take one capsule a day Mm. and get nearly all the good gut bugs. And guess what? Yep. They work really well and I felt better by doing it. So the whole super gut thing, just take away, go get a good probiotic and stay on it because our modern diet does not feed us what we need to have a healthy microbium. And one of the biggest things a healthy microbium does that most of us don't realize is a lot of good gut bugs help our digestive system make more mucus. And you go, ooh, mucus. Well, ooh, mucus is actually really helpful. The more mucus your digestive system makes, the less inflammation you get in your digestive system and the less leaky gut you get where molecules go through the wall of your digestive system into your bloodstream and inflame other tissues. So better Mm. gut bugs equals less inflammation. Less inflammation equals better health. Better health equals longer period of time in your life with good health. So go take your gut bugs. In, inflammation is uh, uh, such a, a cause or marker for like yep. a lot of serious well, health problems. It ranges, and it's like it's 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 like globally. Yep. Like it's it's not just like you, you can have you know fatty liver syndrome or Alzheimer's, or it can be like yeah, it can yep. be yeah. They all come from. They it, all start with more inflammation, and there's study after mm. study coming out about who gets hit hardest with COVID, who gets wrecked, mm. who ends up with long COVID. Who ends up with long COVID and then being diagnosed with POTS after long COVID? And 
the yeah. thing that comes up in study after study after study is the more inflammation you've got on a daily basis, the more things that are going to go wrong and the more individual conditions are going to knock you senseless. So mm. reduce basic inflammation everywhere you can. And one of the easiest things to do is to take a good gut bug every day. Another good thing to do is take you know, three to 5,000 IU of vitamin D a day. Another good thing to do is take you know, um, cod liver oil because it's massively anti-inflammatory. Another good thing to do is eat tons of vegetables because, mm. again, all the fiber it helps break down the uric acid in your system. Less uric acid, less inflammation. So reduce your inflammation any way you can. Start with a gut bug. Stay away from fructose and mm. complex carbs unless you can burn off the complex carbs. The fructose is always going to be a problem. Um, that probably then moves us on, unless you've got something you wanted, probably to Glucose Revolution, which I really enjoyed. Okay, yeah. I haven't, again, not the one I've read. So I, I've only read two of the four, okay. I guess, we're discussing today. So, But, um, mm, uh, sorry, sorry, yeah. So Glucose Revolution listeners, a fascinating and really good communicator working, helping scientists to communicate their research puts a constant glucose monitor on her arm and actually watches what mm. food does like mm-hmm. how fast you will spike your insulin levels will spike and what the crashes look like when you eat complex carbs and fructose and went well hey i can experiment on myself for being healthier so you know eat fiber healthy fats and protein first insulin mm-hmm. level really low then eat your complex carbs insulin levels go up but not dramatically and come down very gently without a crash Ooh. So our systems can be primed to deal with carbs better by eating healthy fats, protein, and fiber first. Mm. Um, the author then set up an Instagram account called Glucose Goddess, where up to 300,000 people were following her Instagram and trying her health experiments and letting her know how they were feeling or getting their own glucose monitors. Mm. So her book is based on an incredible combination of of good science and huge amounts of citizen science. Yep. And the answer that really comes out of it is leave your complex carbs to the last bit of your meal. Someone gives you bread mm-hmm. at the start of a meal, leave it to soak up you know, your sauce at the end. Eat your meat you know, and your vegetables first. If you've got obvious healthy fats, eat them you know, before your yep. carbs too. If you want a snack during the day, don't say no, you can't have it, but put the cookie or the cake aside and turn it into your dessert immediately after a healthy meal so that the state of your metabolism from the healthy meal will reduce the adverse impact of the complex carbs. So just little things. The last hour of the book is a whole series of simple hacks. Those two, you just do those two, you'll be amazed how much Mm. better you feel, how less tired you get, how energy lasts all day. Hey, you don't get crashes after eating sugary things. Like now, I haven't reduced how much chocolate I eat. I just now always have it immediately after something healthy. I start. I think that's the point. Again, like it's we're not trying to. Um, and I don't think the, the books can, you know, uh, be scary enough yeah. that they change your behavior dramatically. But the point I think we're trying to communicate is that it's the little things that help just change, like reduce your risk 
like significantly without too much effort so not trying to remove things from your diet but by eating the chips after you've had your steak it uh the insulin spike is like way less i can't remember what the percentages were but it was was, big it was just a minimum of 30 percent as opposed to eating the chips before the steak um it's and it's because your stomach basically just starts digesting whatever it gets first yep. and that's it, it just almost ignores everything yep. after and it's interesting yeah. too because you know jess who's been on the podcast is a chip fiend and because she's <laughs> a chip fiend she'll always eat her chips first yeah because as a little kid i learned to eat them last um i did that so here we are now it's you know whatever it is late august 2022 i weigh two kilos mm. more than i weighed at the start of covid because mm-hmm. I'm so tired at the moment working on my thesis and working two jobs that this year I've yeah. put on two kilos. Yep. Which, again, is simply because I'm eating to stay alert. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to feed your brain. Yeah. And, but again, <laughs> it'll be so easy to get off at the end when I've got more time and I'm not trying to eat to stay alert. But you know, yeah. if you've by accident found the right way to do things, you can even survive mm. things like COVID without it being too adverse. And you know, reducing Look, inflammation, mm. again, I bend myself into crazy shapes most mornings. <laughs> yeah. And that could cause a lot of inflammation. Guess what? Between starting my day with eating vegetables, um, by eating things like my chips or a piece of cake or a chocolate, last at the end of a healthy meal, just doing these little mm. things, the vitamin D, um, the cod liver oil, which is massively anti-inflammatory. I'm a 50-year-old where almost nothing hurts yeah that's not very common from what i can work out extremely uncommon (laughs) it's i i mean from my anecdotes like i actually got long covid um uh symptoms i was completely knocked around by my uh, vaccinations which all uh, like signs of high inflammation unfortunately the vegan diet so much processed vegan food is full yeah. of crap. Yep. Uh, and I've, since these books, or even since David's advice, even just made the, the first small change I made was starting my day with just raw celery. Uh, it, it just doing that, no, nothing else. Actually stopping exercise, which I was doing before. I haven't been exercising for a long time. I lost five kilos. Mm. Um, and it was fat. Like, I lost, like, a, effectively my, like, kind of little tummy um, was just falling off by simply starting my With day fiber. by making sure that the first thing I eat is fibrous, yep. not sugar. I mean, celery is one of those things that it takes more energy to <laughs> to eat than it does to... But the great um, thing with fibre is you, you go, but, hey, I've had food, I don't need any more. And the great thing totally. for our digestive system, it goes, oh, you're eating fibre. I don't need to release insulin. So when mm. you do eat something full of complex carbs and bad oils later, at least your digestive system doesn't go crazy as a consequence. Yeah, totally. So those little things are it, so it, powerful. And that's that's mm. really... If you just take away a few little things, start your day with veggies, leave snacks till the end of meals, don't eat them out in space on their own. Again, I still stick to an eating window of eight hours a day simply because I like it. So I'm sort of permanently yeah. on intermittent fasting. I'm normally doing my yoga practice first thing in the morning where I haven't eaten for at least 12 hours which means you get maximum benefit from physical activity. You get the most you know, regeneration of damage immediately after. And when you then eat food yep. later, you use it most effectively for rebuilding 
rather than it just getting siphoned off to make storage. Yeah. I have moved off my 816 regimen. I'm I'm usually within an 8-hour window. However, I almost don't think about it. I know that with the practices I have, Precisely. I can do between 8 and 12 yep. um, my out- eating hours now, just because I simply skip breakfast. Yeah, like, I don't worry um, if I have a couple mm. of days of eating odd hours, because I know at least yep. five days a week, I so easily stick to an 8-hour eating window and 16 of not. And, you know, at least totally. one day a month, I'll do a 24-hour fast just to give my system a yeah. chance to have a break and reset. Yes. Now, that's something that David and I have discussed trying to do 48-hour fasts because it completely resets stuff. Yep. But I did that in the middle of winter, and I can't recommend it. It leaves you so cold. No, I'm waiting till... <laughs> and I got absolutely no, nothing done. I, I, I'm waiting till December <laughs> and warm weather and thinking maybe yeah. like I'll do it the week before my birthday, knowing that my birthday and Christmas and catching up with everyone and having an awesome month comes, yeah. and then do it after that month. Yeah, exactly. I think it almost can offset some of those experiences. Mm, just reset your system. It sounds pretty extreme, mm. but yeah. It's it like anecdotally also, like since um, I've been on a bit of a vitamin regimen, I've been taking the, the uh, vitamins uh, D um, as well as having uh, an omega-3 um, from algae, and I've been having the lifespan broad-spectrum anti- uh, probiotics. Sorry, uh, probiotics mm. um, because they're mm. vegan, which is fantastic. Um, it, and you don't have to put them in the fridge, which is yep. also nice. Um, <laughs> the... Um, Jade, since I've been on this regimen, has brought home you know a, a gut bug and two kind of cold flu kind of uh, bugs, uh, and I've slept next to her, not caught anything. Yeah. Um, so I, look, it, I, it, take with that with you know a grain of salt, I suppose. Yeah. But that's been a pattern, a very identifiable pattern that I don't think would have been the same, considering that I've been so knocked around by COVID yeah. or whatever. It's just improved my health dramatically. Um, it's and it's and it's and it's sort of measurable. One thing I would add though is that each person is going to react to different foods and different vitamins differently so for instance some people can get away with eating like decent amounts of rice yeah. um and it doesn't affect it like give them insulin spikes um blood sugar spikes yeah so it you, you gotta be your it, own guinea it, pig you, get yeah a glucose monitor is worth worth yeah. doing um the experience that i've had though and this is where I maybe want to end the conversation is I've taken all of this information to several different GPs um, and been more or less labeled <laughs> a hypochondriac or, you know, someone who's kind of interested in, in pop health. And uh, I've not been taken seriously about any of these kinds of concerns. And it's been very difficult to get uh, a... Um, uh, access or like a you know a prescription let's say to something like a glucose monitor you have to do it privately mm. which is fine um but you know having a concern about you know some of my blood biochemistry um it, i've been told it's within the normal range and that's fine yeah, so again it, i like think it, we can say something it, here that immediately make you feel calmer and less annoyed by mm. that and that is every one of the authors of these books we've talked about today wrote the same thing in their introduction I'm writing this now because it won't make it to mainstream medicine for a minimum of a decade, and people can't afford that time lag. So yep. we've got William Davis, an ultra-successful cardiologist, basically sick of the medical profession for being too slow. 
when you've got the doctor that wrote drop acid and the doctor who wrote, you know, why nature mm. wants us to be fat, saying the same thing. We cannot afford to continue to have the health crises of type 2 diabetes, dementia, um, heart disease, obesity, chronic inflammation, when all of these things together lead to people having a much shorter period of their life of quality health. And really, you know, mm. the last thing I would say that I am or that you are is a hypochondriac. What I am committed to <laughs> is, okay, I'm not fixated on the idea of making it to 100. Don't really actually care. Yeah. Would more than happily just mm. make it to 80. You know, that's still yep. a good amount of time. But I want to still do a mm. yoga practice playing guitar and recording podcasts at 79 and a half. Yep, that's right. It's it's like it's making sure that those are good years. Yeah. That's what I'm concerned with. I, it's like I don't want to have a sore back yeah. and, you know, whatever by 30. Yeah. It, and it, it's all part of an integrated thing. You, you mentioned ADD before mm. uh, or ADHD. Mm. Uh, it's it's it, oh, my experience of life is actually determined by my diet. It's, changes, this isn't just something about changes. a... So yep. much. Yep. We are a big chemical it's not, factory. Yeah. Whether we're eating them or making yep. them, they still affect us. So the choices I we I think make that's are why huge. this applies to this podcast so well, because we're all concerned about our life experiences mm. and it's you know, it's for something that we're usually talking about the kind of philosophy mm. or you know, the, the kind of moral parts of stuff. And so why are we talking about food? Well it's like actually it it's a, it's as much part of our psychology really as getting therapy in some mm. sense and it's also a thing that i don't remember where i learnt the line but the idea that your body can look after your brain but your brain mm. isn't disciplined enough to look after your body yeah so if you want your brain to do well and keep letting you do the things you love then you better give your body what it needs to be without inflammation and to function as well as possible because the brain is a direct consequence of the state of your body so, if your body's yeah. in trouble, your brain will be in worse trouble. Mm. So, I, I guess the the real th- encouragement, uh, the action call to action for listeners is to perhaps read the books, and I, I, and maybe you could get away with reading Glucose I Revolution. I think Glucose Revolution, if you're only going to read one, and I mm. think Drop Acid, if you're going to read two, is the second one, and then Why Agreed. Nature Wants Us to Be Fat. And then super gut would be my my order if I had to say to people how much time can you afford? That's interesting. I if because if if you, if I knew that people were going to commit to three, I would still read Nature Wants Us to Be Fat before Drop Acid. Funnily enough, okay. Well, look, really, you can get enough. If you were only going to read two, I would still say you Drop Acid yeah. first. Um, if yep. that makes sense. But if if I knew that they were going to read all yep. of them, I would put uh, Nature Wants Us to Be Fat before. Yeah, because the whole thing is Glucose Revolution covers so much of the same ground, but in one-tenth of the as, time as Why Nature Wants okay. Us to Be Fat. Like, you understand okay. what fructose is doing real quick from her looking at her yeah. glucose monitor going, oh, oops. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. seeing the consequences. Okay. Well, yeah, I, not having yeah. read the book, that makes sense. And I think for then. a lot of yeah. people today, being able to tap in to her Instagram feed and being part of that tribe of 300,000 people trying things out to do little hacks to feel better. Because mm. you've got to remember, the author of Glucose Revolution is a young woman in her mid-20s, you know, fairly busy professional life. She doesn't have time to do things that are too complicated. 
So mm. the great thing with everything she's doing, it's small hacks that you go, I like that hack, that hack, and that hack. Yeah, mm. like again, you and I in veggies first. Such a simple yeah. little thing. Yeah, and I think that's the th- it, being pragmatic about all of this. I I'd like to think that you know this isn't the kind of thing that people are going to take come come away from this and end up with an eating disorder over like m- make sure to ju- just make it like yep. a small actionable thing and th- think about it as being proactive as opposed to um c- kind of in in control or or um you know um what's the yeah we're talking about you, you kind of pro- sorry you go no, no, that's okay. We're talking yeah. about a proactive mitigation strategy with the aim yeah. of being the healthiest version of you so you can keep doing the things you love for as long as possible. Mm. Like, I don't want to add another 20 years to my life unless 19 and a half of them I'm able to do yoga, play guitar, and record podcasts. If I can't do that, <laughs> what do I want with another 20 years? The yeah. idea of being truly geriatric for 20, 30 years, mm. which is, that's now what's happening to people. Who wants that? Yeah. As we know from uh, David Sinclair's uh, yeah, lifespan, lifespan. Yeah, he's. I think it's metformin. He yeah. takes like a bunch of uh, uh, anti, like diabetic medication, mm. um, which is effectively he's going for like a a cure as opposed to prevention. Mm. And I think that's what's so beautiful about these books. It's like, yeah, okay, we don't even we can just skip the whole point of uh, uh curing alzheimer's we can just, just almost completely it. prevent it yeah, yeah. Just, so many things just don't get them <laughs> it's the best plan yeah yeah uh and, and you know so i don't know i guess what i want to stress to listeners is you know i certainly don't get any of this perfect um you know there's still absolutely holes in my diet i'm not eating as healthy as i could but i kind of don't yep. care uh, the point is it's all just very small things that have been really easy to yep. implement a, you know a, a, a supplement regimen that probably gives me some of the most expensive urine in my city and i'm fine mm. with that like it doesn't bother no. me because again <laughs> it's a small you can insurance three bugs that came home you know, the same way I've yep. dodged both major, you know, colds and not COVID viruses Karen's got during, you know, lockdown in the last two years. Yeah. Again, I haven't had a proper cold since 2017. Yep. That's not, not yep. bad odds. And again, That is, uh, I, I don't know many, if any people who could claim yeah. that. So, and yeah. The thing is, in 10 years time, there'll be another bunch of books like there were 10 years ago. And we'll be able to refine mm. what we know a bit more. But again, you just pick up the little things that fit as part of your personal mitigation strategy to be the person you want to be for as long as possible. That's all it's about. It's getting passionate enough about it to make those small actions without being religious yep. about it. Because <laughs> I think and there's nothing that I think people sort of hate more than, you know, paleo kind of religious. Like, it just... It, I. I, I use paleo only as an example because I think it um, it p- puts perfectly into the minds of everyone listening that uh, the the kind of person that I'm talking mm. about who is you know um, not only religiously following this you know kind of fad diet but also uh, has like a a need to, to tell other people about yeah. it. Again, um, yeah, mm. we recorded an episode because we don't actually feel like telling everyone about it every time. <laughs> because <laughs> there's so other true. things that are interesting so to talk about but again if people can have less inflammation avoid dementia avoid problems with their digestive system and have less chronic health problems life's just easier mm. 
Again, I have to deal with being blind. I don't want to deal with chronic health shit on top of it. That would just be boring. And unpleasant. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Gosh. Well, um, I've, I've finished my, my coffee multivitamin. I think it's time to... To, to move on. To, <laughs> go and eat some to celery. Move on to the celery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Thank you very much for recording with us, David. Thank you very much, Tim. And have a lovely day, listeners. Thank you for listening to Blind Insights. If the ideas of this episode have inspired you, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends. Do them a favour so we can make a better informed and connected world. Thank you to Solstice Podcasting for use of their studio. If you're interested in making your own podcast, find out more at solsticepodcasting.com.au.